Hi, I'm David of Kinetic Fitness. I'm Lola and this is the podcast No Added Sugar. This is where you come to for everything fitness and nutrition related. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about is it too late? David, what does that mean? Is it too late? Is it too late? For is, us it too to late is it too late? Is it too late? A lot of us at the beginning of the new year might have set some New Year's resolutions. Some of us, it might not be a new year, new me type of affair. It could just be a case of you've always, you know, had the idea that you wanted to um, get into fitness. You wanted to lose weight, wanted to put on weight, wanted to do something. And, um, we're in April now, and for a lot of people, that just hasn't happened. So today we're going to examine, is it too late? So essentially we're going to explore is, if you get up today and you start training and you start eating based on your goals, how long is it going to take you to achieve those goals? What are the tools that you require to achieve those goals? But we're going to break this down based on um, the different types of goals that people might potentially have just so we are all on the same page and everyone is informed i'm going to introduce us to some concepts so the first one i'm going to introduce you to is a calorie a calorie is a unit of energy that we use as a metric to quantify the value of food so let's say for example broccoli 100 grams of broccoli has 34 calories in it then we move on to metabolism the metabolism in simple terms is just the sum total of all chemical reactions occurring in the body. Then we move on to basal metabolic rate which is interchangeably used with resting metabolic rate which is just the energy required to support our bodily functions and chemical reactions at rest so there's no activity involved at all so literally if you was lying down all day the amount of energy required for you to stay alive that would be your resting metabolic rate um non-activity thermogenesis which is basically activity that is not exercise so that could be typing at work it could be doing chores um it could be even something as trivial as fidgeting and it's overlooked but this can substantially increase your metabolic rate so um i say that because the basic premise of weight change is something called like an energy balance the energy balance would have on one side your expenditures which is the um, resting metabolic rate rmr and the non-activity energy thermogenesis which is neat and then exercise so we have the expenditures which i just mentioned then we have the incomings and the only incomings which is food and water so but water has zero calories so let's keep it simple food yeah 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 of course water has zero calories so in theory it doesn't impact um, our energy balance at all but some people are proponents of like the temperature of the water assisting um, it's very minute but it there is a thing there okay well (laughs) um 
I haven't seen any credible corroboration of that. So, yeah. So if we kind of specifically specifically look at food, and it's our only income which has an effect on energy balance, we can kind of categorize food into two things: macro and micronutrients. And um, as the name suggests, with a uh, a macronutrient is something that you'd have to consume in greater quantity, and with a micronutrient is obviously something that you'd have to consume in a lesser quantity. So there are four macronutrients. The first one would be that we'll talk about would be carbohydrates, which is quite demonised by a lot of people, but it's our primary source of energy. And for every gram of carbohydrates, you have four calories. Very broadly, you can put carbohydrates into two categories: simple carbs, yep, simple carbs, and 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 complex carbs. With a simple carb, it is broken down very quickly and spikes um, blood sugar levels. With a complex carb. It is more slow releasing. Typically, what we classify as um, a simple carb would be something like a chocolate bar, banana, um, you know, fruits, things that you know will break down quite quickly in the body. And a complex carb would be like rice, pasta, bread, but whole whole grains. Yeah, brown rice. Brown rice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole grain stuff would be um, more complex and slow releasing. Um, of energy then um protein protein is is the building block for tissue in our bodies it can in some circumstances be a, a source of energy also and just like carbohydrates for every gram of protein there is four calories fat is the most energy dense macronutrient and for every gram of fat there is nine calories uh, examples of fats are um, oils, nuts, oily fish, processed. Avocado. Yeah, avocado is a good example. Salmon, mackerel. Yeah. Yep. Things like that. Yeah, so oily fish, processed meats, and um, fried, um, fried. And then uh, the other one is alcohol. Um, but yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, ignore that one. Don't, don't. Yeah. Don't. Um, don't. <laughs> Uh, put alcohol into your um don't make it a staple in your diet please uh, so now that we've kind of you know got everyone up to speed uh, i think we should probably address the first goal that somebody may have for summer um first and it's the most common one and that would be weight loss yeah i'd say weight loss yeah weight loss would probably be the most common goal that um, people have so literally we're talking about going from a heavier body weight to a lighter one so um if we refer back to the energy balance like mentioned before we have our expenditures with the rmr the neat and the exercise and then we have the incomings of the food. So if the income is lower than the expenditure, you will be in a deficit. When the incomings are greater than the expenditures, you will be in an energy surplus, which will result in weight gain. All right. So that is the basic premise of how to experience weight gain or weight loss. Uh, so we're going to examine the different types of ways that we can get our expenditures to be 
greater than our incomes. So I'm going to refer to a systemic review and a meta-analysis of a clinical trial about the weight loss outcomes by MJ Franz and others. There are a lot of findings in the study, but we're going to home in on four different weight loss interventions because there's some things that we know aren't feasible. Like what was mentioned was a um, appetite suppressant, appetite suppressant, which neither of us want you guys to be on no. yeah at all. <laughs> and um, there's also some medication which I don't completely even understand how it works. There's a few things in there that's not great. So if you want to, you know, read the whole thing yourself and go through it, um, I'll reference it in the, what's the box thing? The description box. So we'll put the ref- the, the link to the study in the de- uh, description box. And if you're interested, you can go read it in full detail. But we are only going to focus on certain aspects of the um, the study. Yeah, so um, the the four the four weight loss interventions that we homed in on was um, diet alone, um, diet and exercise, uh, exercise alone, and a very low energy diet. So the primary focus of diet alone was um, reducing diet and um, just focusing on some behavioral strategies and changes. There was no view to increase physical activity at all. They just gave them instruction of just changing their behavior a little bit and reducing their diet. Um, Then we had the approach of diet and exercise. So with their diet, it was exactly the same thing. And they just added some recommendations for exercise, essentially. With their exercise... um, they completely ignored diet. They didn't give them any instruction about diet and they just gave them some recommendations for exercise. And then with the very low um, energy diet, what happened was they said they gave them a liquid diet, which amounted to like 800 calories. So, um, so basically they were starving. Yeah. So they basically <laughs> starved themselves. Uh, so with, the diet only approach we kind of see this approach a lot it's yeah. quite common yeah um especially one where people try to change their behavioral patterns um and they don't really quantify anything um people just say okay i'm going to eat healthier i'm going to stop snacking um i'm not going to eat after eight o'clock uh, things like that for many people it's quite successful yeah i think uh, it depending on who you are and um what like what you do essentially that could be the best approach for you on how to die um how to deal with your diet so just cutting things out like snacking out people can eat the same three meals that they usually eat but they don't snack in between and they will see a weight loss because they're not overeating yeah essentially they they, they will do for um other people it doesn't really work no. but um there is some there is a degree of success for some people so with the study Frustratingly enough, it it was a study that was a follow-up of a year and it spanned to 24 months. So the first recording was taken after six months. Now, we're in the first week of April and um, let's say we gave a a very nice um, conservative deadline of... 12 weeks. 
12 weeks, 13 weeks, like, like July, the first week of July, um, we don't have six months if, you know, the goal is to have a summer body. But what we can do is look at the results of um, the the study at six months and kind of deduce what would be successful for you guys and what you could take from that. So if we look at the results for diet alone, it had a mean weight loss of 4.9 kg. If we look at diet and exercise, it had a mean weight loss of 7.9 kg. If we look at exercise alone, that to me was wildly unsuccessful and it had um, a mean weight loss of 2.4 kg after six months. And then if we look at the very low energy diet, it had the best results of 17.9 kg. Now, of course, um, we do have to make um, a mention of the fact that having an 800 calorie diet is a liquid diet at that is yeah is is ridiculous unsustainable and um, could be detrimental to one's health but but what we can take away from that is the fact that they had a metric or granted the metric was way 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 too low but they did have a metric so maybe eight maybe not 800 maybe depending on your initial weight depending on your activity depending on your age um you would work out your calorie um intake that's needed or you would go to a registered dietitian or nutritionist but maybe one five one seven two thousand just throwing some arbitrary numbers out there but it is better to have a quantifiable amount of calories that you ingest on a day-to-day basis um, and and use that approach to um, target your weight loss if not for um you know have working out how much and knowing exactly how much you're eating will also help you in regards to tweaking how much you eat so if you reach a point where let's say you've been eating 1700 calories and you've been doing that quite consistent consistently for um, a few weeks and you notice that you haven't lost any weight in like two weeks or something put that down to a thousand five or a thousand six that way you can actively see what you need to do and um, what you need to tweak to carry on progressing in your weight loss. Well, um, you know what, that that touches on something that's quite interesting. Um, of course, for me as a fitness professional, it's just something that I've always known, but um, your your metabolism isn't something that's static. No. And um, it's, it is unfortunate that a lot of, people will have a number um, in in terms of calorie intake and they'll just stick with that and then maybe after I don't know two three months they will change the amount of calories that they're ingesting but the reality is it um, you know the required amount of calories that you eat is partly based on you know your weight and um, your activity yeah and especially with the weight if you are you know practicing a diet the weight changes so what should also change the calories yeah so um you know just for anyone that's partaking in a in some sort of diet yeah there it needs to be fluid and as you go along 
you should be constantly changing your calorie intake. But essentially, for those that are trying to lose weight in time for summer and there's no real care about body composition or anything apart from just coming from one weight to another. What he means is if you don't really care about um, holding on to muscle mass, if you don't really care, if you're a girl, you don't really care if you lose your bum, you know, things like that, then this is the advice that you should essentially follow. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're one of those people, um, there is is quite a lot of potential to lose um, a bit of weight. Quite a lot, actually. Yeah. um, From... From obviously not just from this um, study, but yeah, diet and exercise will probably be uh, optimal. Well, the most sustainable and healthy option. It would be quite optimal as opposed to just dieting or just exercising. But so if you've got thirteen weeks and you're and you start today or tomorrow. Uh, Diet exercise is, is your best bet. And if we're being really, really modest, let's say you lose two uh, pounds a week. That's that's on the low end. Over 13 weeks, that's what's two times 13. My maths, is, my, my maths isn't very good. 26. 26. <laughs> 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 so that's 26 pounds over um, 16 weeks. Sorry, 13 weeks, which is quite good. Yeah, and, and, and that's modest. Yeah, that that's um. All right, so let's talk about weight gain. Um, we didn't really feel the need to refer to any scientific literature. I don't even think there is any <laughs> on um. On this is weight, weight gain. gain that's not focusing on body composition. Yes, yeah, it is to be clear. So um, yeah, I mean, this, if this... you just want to gain weight and you don't really care what happens, just eat. <sighs> a lot of food um the sky's the limit you know um we see it all the time not to encourage people to become morbidly obese but um like those that are morbidly obese that have no um, medical condition have shown the kind of potential that there is to gain weight um so yeah but i've seen i've seen people gain upwards to a hundred pounds in a month (laughs) So it is is doable. If you're really dedicated to the cause, you can do it. But don't, please. So um, if we to move on to um, weight loss and people that want to experience um, a different body composition. um, So they essentially they want to lose weight, but they want to preserve muscle or build muscle. And just lose fat. And just lose fat. Uh, I'm going to refer to a study about a natural bodybuilder's 26-week contest prep where he was able to go from 88 kg to 73 kg and he was able to go from a 17.5% body fat to a 7.4% body fat. Um, Before we started recording, we were discussing this and I said that um something that listeners could take away from that is that generally uh, we have a diminished return from whatever we do so even though that is 26 weeks and we roughly if you haven't done anything now and you're just starting 
would have like 13 weeks. Generally, when people start things, you see an initial response that is quite big. So if you started your body recomposition now, I think that you would see the most, the bulk of your results in the first eight to six weeks or so. So um, if you only have 13 weeks and you're looking at uh, what I just described as, oh, but he had 23 weeks to do it, you should still be optimistic. Uh, so like Dave was saying, um, in 13 weeks, you can do that. You can start on a quite reasonable um, calorie intake. So if, let's say you've not been active at all this year, if you start, if you started exercising and you started on a calorie intake of, let's say, uh, I'm just throwing around a number, let's say 1,800, it's quite high, it could be quite high for some people, you would still see quite good significant loss in about six weeks if you've had no activity at all all year. Yeah, so just just to touch on um, the macros, uh, it, someone who's in a calorie deficit uh, would have, I've seen some, uh, uh, a variety of protein recommendations and um, why protein is important is because, like we said, um, protein does promote the preservation of fat-free mass. In fact, um, some people, it's been documented that some people who are in a deficit will actually build muscle. So they would lose weight, um, burn fat, and actually have more muscle than they had initially. So um, yeah, the protein, the protein recommendations for trained individuals who are in a deficit range from like 1.8 grams per kg of body weight to a whopping 4 grams per kg of body weight. Due to the fact that there hasn't been any noted detrimental effect of having too much protein if somebody wants to really go for it and um, have that amount of protein uh, I guess there's nothing there's nothing to be lost yep so essentially to um, achieve body composition and lose weight you would have to number one have resistance exercise in there you would have to have enough protein to preserve your fat-free mass and you just a combination of the two things and make sure you're in a deficit weight gain whilst trying to achieve um, the, the type of body recomposition that we have previously described so some people want to put on weight but again they want to uh, minimize the amount of fat that they put on and put on um, quite a lot of muscle so um how much muscle is it actually physically possible for us to put on? Well, there is a an article in the Independent from a spare physical therapist, Mark Jacob Chick, hope I've pronounced his <laughs> name correctly, who um, was quoted saying, the maximum amount of muscle you can gain in one month differs not only between men and women, but also each individual. He also went on to say variables such as training intensity, volume, frequency, genetic makeup, diet, rest and hormonal levels each have a specific effect on muscle gain. And the last thing that we took from what he said was with all things considered, 
the average man can gain about one to two pounds of muscle per month and the average woman up to one pound per month. So <laughs> if you started now, you could potentially, if, you know... If your genetics allow. If, you've, if, you're, if your genetics allow, you're getting enough rest, you're training in a manner that's optimal or thereabout, the diet is 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 putting you in a in a surplus you could gain up to two pounds of muscle a month so i mean depending on um what your goal is i mean six pounds of muscle from now till about let's say the first week of july that's a result to me yeah um especially if you're able to minimize the amount of fat that um you accumulate also so um potential that you can achieve it by the first week of july also with the ladies if you have um, a goal of putting on muscle so put on you know up to maybe two pounds of muscle from now till the first week of july so you should be encouraged by them findings um it's, it's very enthusiastic <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to add Although it's, um, you can put on, you know, if, you know, genetics allow, you're eating well, you're training well, you're sleeping, all of that, you can do quite well in, um, in regards to gaining muscle. We do have to kind of add that it's gaining two pounds of muscle a month is, is quite out there. For you guys that, you know, wanted to start, that haven't started in terms of weight gain, and gaining predominantly muscle, there there is hope, you know. So give it a go. Yeah, so essentially what we wanted to explore and get across to you guys is that although you may have, you know, there's a lot of fitness enthusiasts, a lot of fitness professionals who are a bit doom and gloom about people's body goals and, you know, if it started, it's too late. We're not saying that they're definitively wrong but what we are saying is that this is what this is what the literature says about being able to lose weight or being able to body recomposition if you're also if you're able to apply yourself and get in the gym or start your diet or whatever your um, respective method of achieving your goal is if you're able to start that right now then there maybe you wouldn't 100% achieve what you had in your head by summer but there 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 will be progress so um nobody out there should be discouraged and similarly um there are fitness enthusiasts who, um, <laughs> I don't know why who will tell you oh yeah no you can lose you know this amount of weight or this amount of fat in this amount of time and you just need to take everything with a little pinch of salt you need to kind of understand your body and what you can achieve realistically and then you need to apply yourself in that way um, don't listen to people telling you you can't lose significant amount of weight in 12 weeks of course you can um, even in six weeks you can lose a significant amount of weight you can change your body in like a noticeable way um, 
And similarly, there are people who are telling you you can completely revamp everything in that short amount of time and they're not completely correct either. You just need to be careful with the information that you are absorbing. Yep, um, finally said. And um, yeah, I mean, generally, we just wanted to explore, uh, you know, people's different body goals, the most common ones. And I think what it what is left to you now is just getting out there and just doing it yeah and trying to make it happen so we'll be with you again i've been david of kinetic fitness and i'm lola and um this has been no added sugar you'll hear from us soon thank you <laughs> oh, my back. <laughs>